Welcome to the first episode of Rouge One, the video game podcast. Uh, Some kind of podcast. I don't know if it's just video games, but whatever. No, we play a lot of video games and also watch movies and various television. Watch the Japanimations. Yes. (laughs) Um, And who are you? I am Kevin Yost. I... uh, I don't know, I'm a data analyst, but I play video games in my spare time almost exclusively, and I have a backlog that rivals the Library of Alexandria. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I'm Sad Sampath. We are currently here in beautiful Minneapolis, although I live in Seattle, figured we'd do the first one face-to-face. I'm an economist, scum data analyst. And I have a backlog that has been developing since the Cretaceous period. <laughs> Thank you, Steam. Uh, occasionally, uh, not here today, but probably featured in future episodes, will also be uh, Matt Gould and Ben Rogers, uh, two of our friends who live in much worse states than we do and couldn't physically be here. Because they're the poors. It's true. But... I guess, why are we doing this, Kevin? And so I'm going to give you my hot take, and then you can sort of go for it. I think we are doing this because we have a group chat together. We grew up together in Upper Arlington, Ohio, and we're still close friends. But the problem is that in a group chat, like, people just sort of have their hot takes, and they spout them, and it's just like we were talking about something else. Like, fuck off. Like, (laughs) I'm going to fucking talk about this Trump shit, you know? And... It seems good to have a structured conversation, like catch up how we're doing. And it's for me, it's primarily for me to talk to my friends in a structured way rather than for you, the listener. So it's going to be <laughs> more more esoteric, more inside. And I think that's fine. Um, but it just is a artifice to have a chat with friends. And I think uh, there's definitely a certain aspect of that uh, for me as well. But uh, there is a certain amount of... Uh, just the jokes we have with each other and that we make when we're having these conversations that I feel are worth sharing with the world and I want the fame we are due so this is also an aspect of (laughs) getting our genius out to the general population and into the bloated world of podcasting it's true there's There's always room for one more bite (laughs) you fuck eat it (laughs) All right, so uh, without further ado, what have you been playing, Kevin? Uh, I recently started playing uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, which has been interesting because I am significantly behind on the series. I played uh, 1, 2, Brotherhood, Revelations, 3, and 4, and then just fucking stopped because who can keep up with annual Assassin's Creed uh, game releases? So when was 3? Three was, it must have been 2012, 13. Oh my god, so six years ago? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and so four, which I did not beat, I made it about halfway through four. Uh, but I really enjoyed it, I'm just fucking easily you were, distracted. you were playing that on the PlayStation 4? No, I was playing that on PC. Okay, but it was the beginning of the generation. Yes. Okay, so yeah, and, 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 and how many years are we in, like seven? Yeah, Okay. because that was 2014. Uh, oh, oh no. so it wasn't the beginning of the event generation. No, that was 2013 that okay. Assassin's Creed 4 came out. Uh-huh. Um, and so, didn't play Unity, didn't play Rogue. There Syndicate. Couple, Syndicate, yeah. yeah. Skipped all those. Uh, skipped Origins. And then uh, I recently purchased a GPD Win 2, uh, which is a small handheld Windows 10 PC. What would uh, you say it's, like, roughly analogous to? Because, like, I have never seen... Like, honestly, you were the first one to even show it to me. Yeah. Like, um, like, what is it similar to? When I saw it, uh, so I would say that it sort of... Remember the Nokia handhelds? Mm-hmm. That, like, they were, like, really touting that this is, like, computer, like, level <laughs> graphics in this, like, fucking Nokia thing. And then it died, like, immediately, you know, on release. And I don't... I never saw one out in the wild. It seemed really expensive. But this one, like... 
I haven't played it. I have seen you play it for maybe 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's stunning. Like, yeah. it's incredible. And then you were telling me that the battery life is like a Nintendo Switch almost, and you don't even have, like, you're not even, like, really in the market for a gaming laptop since yeah. you got that thing. Yeah, because um, it's roughly the size of, like, a 3DS. It's a clamshell design, so it opens up, and you have a full keyboard as well as a controller uh, on there. And it runs Windows 10, uh, and it it's not super-powered, but it plays a lot. I play World of Warcraft on there. I play Fortnite. I play Borderlands 2. Um, it's able to run this stuff not at the highest graphics, but a lot of this stuff it crushes at 40-plus FPS, and that's you know super easily playable. And I think it's important to point out that for Odyssey, it was through the Google streaming platform. Yeah, yeah. and so that's... Because uh, I didn't even buy Odyssey. I uh, threw the GPD when subreddit somebody suggested the Google Project Stream, uh, which is currently in beta. You can sign up, and if they have you in, then you uh, play, essentially their computers will play Assassin's Creed Odyssey and stream the video to you. Um, and then, you know, you will stream your input back. And so I have really good internet connection, and so it plays super well. So even on this underpowered device, I'm able to play it like the highest graphic setting. At I don't, it doesn't have an FPS counter, but probably close to sixty, if not mm-hmm. higher. It runs super smooth. So um, let's go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You haven't played in what seems like five years. Yeah. Right. So. Are you liking it? Like, what? Yeah, what? What is the game like? And so, just for context, uh, I played almost all the same games except for Kevin. I've not played four. I played a little bit of four. Um, I generally like them, but I also value my time, and especially <laughs> three was feature bloat to no end, yeah. and like poor optimization. We talked about this before, where it's just like there's a trading system, and it's like, but it's not user friendly, yeah. you know. And it, there's really no reason to ever even use it. And you know, the reviews for Origins really perked my interest in mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed again. And then you're saying, I mean, the reviews for Odyssey have all been really good. And yeah, I'm uh, I'm liking it a lot. It's hard to tell, you know, without having experienced the last several games, what is new in Odyssey, uh, because. From 4 to Odyssey, there's definitely a huge amount that they've added. Uh, RPG elements, especially out the wazoo. Because up up through 4, at least, it wasn't... You didn't level up. Yeah. You would unlock new gear and stuff. But, like, that was about the extent of it. There was no... Uh, you know, there weren't enemies that you couldn't beat because you were underleveled previously. So, would you say it's similar to... And you haven't played the newest God of War at all, have you? No. Do you know that it's pretty much an RPG? I did not. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like to me, like you know, if you play the original God of Wars, it's like a third-person action game. Mm-hmm. And then in the newest God of War, there's a very defined talent tree, leveling yeah. up, getting armor, crafting it, upgrading that armor. That whole loop, big numbers make big, big numbers, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, is that what it is? Like, Yeah, I mean, yeah. it certainly seems like it. And I showed you the stat screen, which yeah, seems... Yeah, it was absurd. It was yeah, absurd, yeah. dense to the point of madness. It was uh, Dark Souls-esque, almost. Yeah, like, there's... the amount of interesting there. There's 40 different percentages that raise and lower, I assume, as you level up. I'm only about level 5. Uh, I'm maybe 3 to 5 hours into the game... So, like, I'm still on the starting island. Mm-hmm. I I found a couple pieces of gear, but most of it just has really basic, you know, five armor instead of three armor. And so I don't know how much... Like, a lot of those stats might just be nonsense min-maxing that almost no one pays attention to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the most part, you're just... This number's bigger than that number, yeah. so whatever. Uh, but it, fuck, for all I know, it could be a vanilla World of Warcraft type, you know, you have to max hit first and then focus oh, on something else. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. would hope not, Yeah, I don't know. No, oh god. <laughs> it's just like circa 2005 training dummies. Yeah. They're just like, fuck, I don't have enough hit. Like, ah, oh, Jesus, yeah. Like, it's an intimidating screen to fucking look at. 
for a system that so far has seemed super simple. You know, this guy's level is 10 and I'm 5. I can't take him yet. And to, like, you know, look at all these, like, very specific stats and worry about whether it's something that even has to enter my mind has me somewhat intimidated as to how complicated that system gets. I I get that, but then you're saying you're enjoying the game. Yeah. The last one you played, you didn't beat 3, but you played a ton of 3. I beat 3. I didn't beat 4. You didn't beat 4. Yeah. You like four a lot. Yeah. If you had to compare the opening to four to the op- to, to this one, um, I'd say. Does it feel like a different game? No. Okay. Uh, especially because it has an almost uh, Metroid esque uh, opening, okay. where you're playing as one of the Spartan three hundred in like the opening scene. As you do. Yeah. Sure. And so, like, you have all of these absurd abilities, and you're hitting people for tens of thousands of damage. Uh, and so, like, so are these numbers like popping up on the screen? Yes. And you're just like, wow. As, uh, yeah. Right. As you hit yeah. them, it's you know thirty, a hundred, whatever. And so, yeah, you're hitting them for like absurd numbers, and uh-huh. you have all of these abilities, and it's like a huge mass of people. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it starts out just right away with a lot of action. Um, a lot going on and kind of teaching you the combat with your full suite of abilities. And then uh, it like drops that entirely. And as huh. you pick between the male or female character... It's Cassandra and Alexios. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it tells you right away that you can't switch that, but apparently they play almost identically. The storylines are the same. Yes. Um, uh, so you're who are you playing as? I'm playing as Cassandra. Ale- Cassandra, yeah. Cassandra, yeah. Um, and because part of it was, I heard Alexios is not a great voice actor. Sure. Uh, apparently, the other player character will come up in the story at some point, but I've not met them yet. Um, I am just running around on the starting and, island. And Alexios is her brother. I I think so. Okay. I'm not 100 percent sure. Sure. And so where does this? This is so fascinating to me because. I really like the Ezio trilogy. Mm-hmm. I don't like Revelations, but I like the first two yeah. games. Um, uh, despite our differences of opinion, I like three, <laughs> uh, and you don't. Um, but the games were at their best when they had ignored the modern day. Yeah. Um, and the only criticism I have about two is that it's kind of ridiculous that you fucking interact with the Pope when he brings up the scepter and he starts, like, blasting uh, spoilers for a 12-year-old game. But, you know, he starts blasting magic at you. Um, What is the story here? Because, like, where does it take place? Uh, It takes place in uh, the Greek islands. um, And this is... 480 BC. So well before the founding of the Assassin Order. Yeah. It, apparently, Origins was the founding, and this is about 500 years before that. And what do you know about Origins? Like, uh, I know you play an Egyptian guy, and his wife is super badass. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. But I was just confusing, like, is the temp- are the Templar in Origin? I don't know. I are the Templar so. in this game? I have not run into oh, them Okay, yet. sure. Because um, right now, this story is very basic it's just oh this guy owes me money and instead of paying me back yeah. <laughs> it's like a fucking gta yeah. <laughs> instead of paying me back he bought a vineyard oh uh, shake a bell come on yeah and so now he is sending me after people that owe him money to get my own money back oh my god and so that is about as extensive as the uh the story has gotten so far there's some little girl who hangs out with cassandra and like, I assume that she's a street urchin that Cassandra kind of saved, but sure. they haven't super gone into that Ma- origin Maybe she's yet. a mythical forerunner deity. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then you can have a stroke <laughs> as you start thinking about that. Because um, the the modern world has shown up. Uh, it has shown up. Yeah. Okay. Very shortly, you do the, like, weird Spartan thing. Yep. And then there's a little cutscene where it has Leonidas catching the... You know, the hunchback guy from the movie. Um, from the movie? You know, whoever that character is within history. Oh, the, fucking the Persian king or whatever? No, oh. the, the Spartan who was supposed to be killed as a baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the guy yeah. who tells uh, 
Yes. Tells yeah. about the past. Gerard Butler, all that jazz. Yeah. Yes, I remember this. So it, it tells, it gets to the point where they're like, hey, uh, you know, we've been betrayed. Uh-huh. They're going to come kill us all. We're going to stand anyway. And then it cuts to the modern world, and it's these two women. Apparently one of them is from Origins, and they're just like, we found this axe that like has DNA we're looking for. Oh, my God. So we can use it in the Animus. And so then she gets into the The animus. more you tell me, the more I hate this shit. <laughs> like, I fucking... And this is my own hang-up, but, like, mm-hmm. I can't stand... Like, there's no reason your DNA has anything to do with memory. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? It makes me so upset. <laughs> Whatever. That's sure. fair. That's, yeah. like, the basic suspension of disbelief for the series. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, like... There was, like, an article with, like, the original designer. Um, I can't remember his name. Some mm-hmm. French guy, but... You know, and it's just like, well, if you just don't like it, you just don't like the conceit of the game. It's like, no, you fuck. Like, I love this. Like, I love this idea of like these competing, uh, you know, secret history factions that have been like behind all these conspiracy theories. All oh, that's great. Why the fuck do you need this ant? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like none of this makes sense. You know, and I can even, oh, God forbid, I mentioned Crystal Skull, but like I can even <laughs> like. Having like an alien race that has somehow been on Earth for millions of years, mm-hmm. I can believe that way more than you know the fact that you can like fucking take a drop of my blood and then like look through my history. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, none of this happens or whatever. Yeah, but so they they're just like, yeah, we found the spirit has the DNA we need, and she gets into the animus, uh-huh. and then they, they run through the starting like, what difficulty do you want to do? Um, and then, you know, they're like, oh, it has two different pieces of DNA. Do you want to be Cassandra or Alexios? And then that's it. I have not been back to the modern world. Are you going to keep then. playing? I am. I I was really iffy about it at first, but the more I play, the more I enjoy it. What, like, what sort of turned for you? Say that again? What turned for you? Uh, just getting used to the systems. Because uh, it was a little wonky and I didn't really understand it. And just kind of as I've learned how everything works i've adjusted to it a lot more uh, like eagle vision is literally an eagle now mm-hmm. it's not like oh now everyone's gray except for the guy you're trying to kill who's yellow and these guys are red because they'll kill you if they catch you it's literally like you jump to the view of an eagle in the like flying above the area you're in and it can like mark areas on your map and like targets and treasures and that kind of stuff and so, like, that threw me off at first, but as I've learned how it actually works, like, it bothers me much less, and I'm starting to enjoy it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, I'm definitely... Plus, I only have... Through Project St- uh, Stream, I only have access to it until, like, January 19th. Oh, so you have to get on it. Yeah. It's supposed to be pretty long. Yeah. Because, uh, like, people told me Origin's, like, 60 hours. It's a 60-hour fucking game. Yeah, I can believe that. I mean, especially as soon as you throw RPG mechanics in, you can drag anything out for at least 40 hours. For sure. And like like I said, I'm three to five hours in, and uh, I'm still on this starting island, which is very clearly a mm-hmm. really small portion of the map. It's it's so fascinating to me because like Assassin's Creed used to be a really annualized series, mm-hmm. but the one thing that you could say about Assassin's Creed as compared to other annualized games like Call of Duty, for example, mm-hmm. is that they never really dumbed it down. They would increase systems and increase complexity, and you're like, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. But it's not as if they ever were just like, we need to make this user friendly. We need to strip back features, you know, and yeah. so. Despite me not necessarily getting into four for my own reasons, um, there are a ton of really cool systems in there. Like mm-hmm. the ship combat is really cool. Everything about that game is something that I really enjoy, and it just seems so interesting to me that they throw out. It's not the mechanics in and of themselves were not good enough, and so we actually had to redo the entire combat system. We have to redo the whole progression system so that it's not based on the narrative. It seems like it's really based on your skills, you know, and yeah. it's really based on the leveling. And just like thinking about that, like. I can't think of another you know, season that's like that, you know? Yeah. Where, you know, you're just trying to uh, force the player to engage in, like, such a minute, like, detailed way. Yeah. And, I, like, do you think, like, can you think of another game series that even approaches it that way? Like, it seems kind of wild to me. Not to that extent, no. Uh you know, certain games have added, you know, most game series will add certain aspects. But, sure. like... And granted, I've never skipped six games in a series and then try to compare them. 
So maybe it was much more gradual, and you know, you and I just missed it. Uh, yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. But I mean, like, if you think about something like Call of Duty, like Call of Duty refinement, refinement, refinement. You know. Yeah. Th- you know, it's not about like. Call of Duty is great insofar that the tactile response of shooting a gun mm. is unparalleled. I mean, really, Destiny is the only modern game that has, yeah. like, a shooting... And some, like, Doom is actually really good about it. Titanfall 2 is really good about it. But, like, a really tactile response about your your primary way you're interacting with the world is, I have a gun, it has to feel good, it has to have a response. You know, we have had numerous discussions, top ten lists of <laughs> what are the best video game shotguns or whatever, you know? And yeah. like, they all are super important. Um, but for Call of Duty, like, they're not mechanically becoming more complex they're not systematically becoming more complex they'll introduce new modes but those are new modes that are only there because you are interacting it with it in a very specific way so like yeah. blackout seems awesome but blackout is taking the coned non-buggy mechanics of the shooting and then putting it into like this battle royale mode right yeah. or zombies is just like we're taking the zombie thing but then we're again we're interacting in a very specific way but assassin's creed is just like no you're like in a fucking ship ship combat now you know like yeah. you're doing that you know <laughs> uh there is a self mission you know and it might be bad but you're gonna do it you know and yeah. it's like it's fucking wild to me that they are they are putting so much money and they're putting so many resources towards it and they're like we're gonna make you do that like the only other thing that it sort of reminds me of is actually a Rockstar game, and that's the game you've been playing. Yeah. Uh, also, I've not put a ton of time into Red Dead Redemption, uh, but that's also another game that has been growing on me. Uh, you and I disagree about how good the opening two hours worth of tutorials are in that game, and I think a large part of that just has to do with how we reacted to the uh, the setting it's in. Um which is very desolate. Everybody's fucking starving and freezing to death, and every mission has you wading through like waist deep snow. And as someone who lives in Minnesota, I think <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's just too close to six months of my life every yeah. year. That <laughs> like I couldn't get anything out of it without just being crushed by the depression of the whole setting. How many hours are you into it? Oh, not much more than Assassin's Creed, maybe Three, six. Three, four hours. Oh, six hours. Yeah, uh, like yeah. a little bit more, but yeah. six to eight. What chapter are you in? Uh, still two. Chapter two. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm probably around the same as you. I think the game's brilliant already. Mm. Uh, I am shocked it was made. Um, <laughs> it is so simmy. It is so simmy that it really should be on PC and someone should fucking mod it so that you have to eat or you die. You know, yeah. like, it is incredible. Like, there's really no fast travel, you know. Yeah. Hunting is a fucking pain. And it's way better because, like, if you remember in Red Dead 1, mm-hmm. you actually had to, like, hunt 10 cougars or some shit, you know. And, like, yeah. and, like all right, you have these 10 things. And, like, that's the progression. It's, like, here... No, it's like one creature and you're going to hunt it. It's the same amount of time, but one feels way more involved. Yeah. And it's a whole lot less immediate. And, like, you can't even use whatever gun you want because, like, some guns, like, if you use a shotgun on, uh, like, a mountain lion or whatever, it ruins the pelt. And the pelt's yeah. worthless, you know? And so, like, well, you haven't achieved anything. You have to, like, go hunt or something. Yeah. Um, I think it's amazing. I, I, I don't think it's fun. <laughs> I don't think video games should be fun. Um... But it is something special, and mm. I would love to know how people complete the game because I think a lot of people are just going to be like, I can't. Like, I want it to, it's to be GTA, mm-hmm. and it's just not GTA. Well, and because that's true of the hunting, and I think, I think it's true of everything in that game, though. Like, a lot of the missions themselves are don't require that kind of aspect to them. So like that's I'm, fair. I'm curious how much of that is re- is going to be required ultimately to well, the reach core system the is like that, right? Like if you yeah. aren't eating, you know your core, and it's like a system of health regeneration and like dead eye regeneration, which is you know how you plot your gun, do your sick you know six mm-hmm. shooter bullshit. Um, but like you need to sleep, you know it's a really good idea to eat, and if you're underweight, you know you're not going to regenerate health. You make the game significantly harder for yourself, and it's. I don't know. It's like, well, you need to clean your gun. Like, there's a gun cleaning mechanic <laughs> to it. Um, yeah. Talk about the tactile response to shooting. This guy, this game has amazing guns, you know, and I'm not mm. even that far into it, but, like, the way the Colt sounds as it clicks through the barrels, um, the shotgun has, like, a roar to it because muzzles weren't invented, you know? <laughs> uh, it's so interesting, and it's so cool. Um, 
very excited to play it more, but every time I play it, I'm never having a great time. Uh-huh. Uh, so, and it's weird because you know, we're in our 30s yeah. now, like, and we have responsibilities. Um, so it's like, I really want to take some time and like dig into it, but then it also feels like the kind of game where it gets really bleak really fast. You know, yeah. There's a real sense of despair yeah. uh, around the place. And I will say that picks up significantly once you set up camp in Chapter 2 and fucking spring hits. Mm-hmm. And, like, everything's green and, like, the members of your party are happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that helps a lot. Uh, but, yeah, I think what you're pointing out is definitely huge. Because kind of like how I talked about that fear of Assassin's Creed Odyssey and the minutia of the stats they presented me with... A lot of that you're presented with right away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dead. It's yeah. not just like, oh, this might matter immediately. It's just like, no, you're dealing with a tutorial for yeah. it, and you'll probably have to deal with it in the next half hour. And, like, yeah, I... Because that's one of the things that I think might ultimately bug me and may, depending on how bad it is, prevent me from completing the game. Because, uh, like, there's a lot of complicated aspects to this that, yeah, it's very simmy, and, like... Uh, if I have to keep track of all of it, it might just be too much mm-hmm. and like push me to move on to something else. Sure. No, it's a game that it demands you to like live in it um, and like breathe it and take it super seriously, mm-hmm. which GTA never asks you to do. Yeah. GTA is just so nihilistic. Like I don't like GTA games broadly. I like mm-hmm. five. Um, and I beat four, but four especially was infuriating because it was like, I'm an immigrant. My parents are immigrant. They weren't this asshole, you know, like there <laughs> were options, you know? Yeah. Um, and then five, like everyone's terrible. I like Michael. Um, <laughs> Franklin's kind of dumb, but, it, but it's a cool story and it's a cool like heist mission, you know, yeah. thing around it. Uh, I would say Red Dead is really their best written story. This one definitely has the ability to tie into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dutch Vanderlyn, you know, he only had 10 minutes of screen time in the first game. Yeah. He's really, and he, he makes such a big impact in that first game, and he's so omnipresent in this one. And yeah. I'm really excited to see where it goes. I, You know, I would even say that even if he couldn't beat the story, I would want to know, you know, like yeah. how it all comes together. Yeah. This is really, I think it is really compelling. And I will say the, I'm definitely very into a lot of the characters I've met so far. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about about Arthur. It seems like he's unnecessarily like gruff and asshole. Yeah, Yeah, he's kind of he's like an asshole to people immediately for little to no reason. Which is just like okay, I get it. Like you're so fucking tough, but like I'm not. 15 so i'm not like impressed by that anymore have you read through this journal at all no the journal is actually really cool because it Mm. gives like a very different perspective as to how he's feeling at different times and it's updated fairly often Mm. and i don't know i mean it's we're it's well known it's like a 65 hour game we're six hours into it yeah i'm gonna cut out a lot of slack uh and the reviews are through the roof it's like 97 right now on metacritic it's really unfortunate that a year that had God of War and Spider-Man, there's very little chance that either of those two games are going to be Game of the Year, you know, across most publications. Yeah, I, but I mean, like, fucking there are 80 publications that have It's always their... so fucking stupid. I mean, yeah. yes, like, game, game of the Year is dumb as shit, but, like, if I had to put a Vegas spread bet as to which gets the most accolades, it's almost oh. certainly Red Dead. Yeah, and I super agree. I yeah. just, there's zero chance that those two don't get a couple anyway, just based on the sheer number of yeah. places that give out <laughs> that sure. award. Mario Party is a distance fourth. Yeah. <laughs> I already mean Smash Brothers, but... Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, it, AAA games are almost guaranteed to get it by somebody. And so, yeah, it's... Like, it's a worthless title, in a sense, just because, oh, like... it's so fucking subjective, and it's so stupid, and it's just like... What like what is the meaning of this? Like, there's this really cool puzzle game. You heard of it called Return of the Obra Dinn? I think I have. Yeah, but it's like got like a really cool art style, and like it's like a ship that disappeared, and it's like come back, and you have some like magical way to talk to every all the passengers. And your goal in the game is just to be figure out how did each one of these passengers die, and then mm-hmm. eventually figure out what happened to the ship. Like, it's an amazing game, but it's not going to be receive the accolades. You know, I mean, it's super well regarded. Like everyone knows about it, but yeah. you know, 
it it's so it's so ridiculous it's so fucking arbitrary um i don't know it's similar to me about like hating things for hating things or like acknowledging things for acknowledging things it's just like if you like it it's fine you know yeah. i might think it's garbage but whatever it's, we move on with our lives but yeah it's just like you know if in a given year there are 30 titles that can claim game of the year from the somewhere year. like who the fuck what? do you think they do it it's the government coming in <laughs> it's just like oh this is game of the year it's like who do you think this is like and then like you go on fucking reddit and people get so upset and so yeah. precious that it's just like ugh, fuck off <laughs> and i'd love to see some kind of you know government like, awesome. organization no but like <laughs> you know the issue is there's so many it's such a new medium. There are so many different groups still vying. Like, there's the VGAs, but, like, who cares? Uh, I uh, care for the trailers. I don't like the trailers. Right, but, like, you don't care about the awards. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, I cared last year, if only because Nier Automata might be the best game soundtrack ever, and they never played it, and it's kind of <laughs> really frustrating. Yeah, and so there's a million different game award groups out there that none of them are on the level of the Oscars or the Emmys. Or the oh, Tonys. yeah, because they all, like, hate each other and all suck each other's dicks. Yeah, and like... none of them have, like, a big enough percentage of the, like, game-playing base behind them to be, like, the award show. Because yeah, it's dumb. Like... Yeah, I mean, they're dumb generally, but, like, at least Best Picture from the Oscars, like, means something. There aren't 30 movies that are Best Picture... You think there are 30 games that are best game? No, but that's okay. what I'm saying. Is okay. I'd like to eventually see, I see what you mean. one yeah, award yeah. show take over oh, yeah. so that that title can mean something. That's what Jeff Keighley wants. Would you, could you imagine that? Like Jeff Keighley was a game journalist, mm. and he had he hosts this show on like this poorly run on like what was it on fucking Spike TV or something, mm. game trailers or whatever. So he does that for like honestly, he's a fixture of our childhoods. You know, mm. we were like listening to him like. 13 through 18 or whatever, right? Yeah. So it's a good chunk of your formative years. And then he's just like, well, uh, game trailer shut down. Guess G4 is gone. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I'm going to make it my life's mission to host an award show. Like, <laughs> it's unreal. Yeah. Like, who fucking thinks like that, you know? <laughs> Could you imagine, it's like, oh, my name is Dave Oscar, and I'm going to have, you know, <laughs> this, this fucking academy, and we're going to get the best. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but, but I mean, I guess it's kind of cool that him and like Kojima seems to get like fucking drunk beforehand. <laughs> and they just like go in there and just talk about uh, broken English. Here's the new Death Stranding trailer. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, this is Norman Reedus walking. God damn it. <laughs> just like, fuck off. Like, let me, what is this game? Ugh, so frustrating. Um, what's not frustrating and what I have been playing on the plane right over here. Is Zelda another super simmy game? And my God, I mean, everyone knows this. The game's great. Mm. Just wanted to reiterate how great it is. And my question to you, because it's impossible because of the, the development time overlap, it makes no sense. Mm. But when did we reach the inflection point where really popular games that have sold really well can be complicated? Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like there was like definitely that point in college where like everyone's just like we we can't have these games that cost so much money and have them not be mass, you know, mass consumed. Yeah. Like Call of Duty is the ultimate example of that. Like the campaigns are fine. I'd never say any of them are great. You know, Um, they are, okay, I'll take that back. Some of the campaigns are great, but they're great because they have really shocking moments. Like no Russian is a really shocking moment. The nuclear blast in four is a really shocking moment. The snipers in four are also really cool. But it's moment-to-moment gameplay that is just like, that's what propels it forward. Very easy to understand. Look, pick up a gun, fucking point it at something, shoot. (laughs) Uh, And everyone wanted a slice of that, you know? Yeah. Um, So like, yeah, why? Like, why, why can a game like Zelda exist? Why can a game like Assassin's Creed Odyssey exist? Like, as far as the complicated aspect of the systems... Well, the complicated aspects of systems exist because the developers put it in there. The yeah. fact that they sell really well and are really well received, and like they were so afraid of it before, mm-hmm. is really fascinating to me. I, I think that's largely just an aspect of technology progressing along. Because, you know, you try to do anything like uh, 
like Breath of the Wild and the just the variety of items and the way they combine and everything. Like you try and do something like that during the N sixty four era, and like fuck you, you have cooking and that's it. Like you can't fit that in the exploration and like all of that in. And so at that point, like it's not as fleshed out of a game. It's just like this weird niche like cooking and gathering game, which is yeah. like. Yeah, you know, yeah, to yeah. an extent that stuff existed, but, like, Harvest Moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... But, like, you know, sure. those weren't... Those sold well, but not Breath of the There's Wild well. There's not gangbusters. Well. Yeah. I mean, I am willing to agree with you, but then my question would be, like, even from the N64 to the GameCube, you don't see that, you know, really. Yeah. Like, Twilight Princess is a fine game, but, mm. like, Jesus Christ is the beginning awful, and, like... It's a Zelda game, you know? Mm-hmm. You're going from dungeon to dungeon. I also think it's really unfair to pick on Nintendo because they're very idiosyncratic, you know, oh. with what they do. Like, the idea that they choose trends from anybody is laughable. Yeah. Except maybe for Breath of the Wild because Breath of the Wild is very Witcher-esque, you know? Yeah. So, I know, it's just so interesting to me. Like, I, I could imagine, like, a Ubisoft exec in, like, 2004 being like, we are going to make a 65-hour RPG. Are you high? Like, you know, <laughs> like, this is going to fucking bankrupt us. Yeah. And now it's, like, the rage. I always wonder if it's just because of the success of The Witcher. Like, The Witcher 2 and especially Witcher 3 and, like, how complex those games are. Yeah. How detailed they are. Um, they're brilliant games. Mm. But, like, I thought, I genuinely thought with, like, the cost of development and the type of games that we actually see way more Uncharted. Made way more like Last of Us style games, which are great games. Um, I would not say mechanically complex. Yeah, uh, you I know mean, they're 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 popular and they're great because of their narratives. They tell yeah. unique stories and they play with cinematic tropes that most games, besides like Metal Gear, really do. Yeah, um, and that's where I thought that medium was going, and it might be uh, just. I don't know. I really recommend this book if you haven't read it. It's Blood, Sweat, and Pickle Pixels by Jason Schreier, the mm-hmm. Kotaku journalist. And, like, he has a chapter there about Uncharted 4, and it's like, oh, you guys almost killed yourselves. Like, oh, my yeah. God, you know, like, the, the amount of work that was required toward the end and, like, the crunch and, you know, one of the directors left because he couldn't do it anymore, yeah. you know. Um, and so, for me, like, maybe that Zelda game is actually way harder mm-hmm. than, we, than we give it credit for, but I just think it's really interesting, you know. Well, and I think that's a large part of it is... Uh, video games like defining itself as a medium because this is like yeah you can do the Uncharted you can do the the Last of Us like the very uh, you know linear planned out like cinematic thing mm-hmm. but like at that point the developers and like everybody involved you know like every second is very like they have to decide what's going to happen here or what's going to happen the next second after that where's the player looking you know yeah, yeah. and so, whereas like with breath of the wild like emergent gameplay and emergent storytelling is like what people are coming away from that game so you know it's uh the difference between like creating an amusement park and creating like a sandbox yes. where it's just like okay i just filled this thing with sand and the person made their own game and, like, that's what they took away from it, and that's what right. they loved about it. And that's a really and, good point. Yeah, yeah, and that takes, you know, a lot less individual effort for every piece of it. Um, like, in Zelda, there's really only five zones that are, like, really meticulously handcrafted, yeah. I would say. Which is the four temples and then Hyrule Castle. Yeah. But then the rest of it's actually just a physics game, you know? And yeah. Like, if you look like a speedrunner, they are breaking the physics of the game to launch themselves across the world, you Exactly, know? yeah. And it's, like, kind of amazing, you know? Red Dead Redemption is not that. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption is handcrafted every fucking place, you know? I, I guess. I, I think a lot of it's going to be, you know, those random people you come across, mm-hmm. the guy who steals a stagecoach or... Yeah. Like... That's fair, but, like, if you think about it, it used to be that, like, the Rockstar different teams were, like, different. Like, Rockstar North in Scotland, they were making GTA. Rockstar San Diego was making Red Dead Redemption, yeah. you know? And, like, if you look at the credits for this game, uh, one, they're extraordinarily lengthy. Two, it's just Rockstar Studios. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there's no like lead studio that I can tell. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of, it's kind of wild. Um, what else did you do? Um, I tried out uh, 
the new Mario Party recently. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Don't even tell me this. All right, go. Uh, this game is fucking trash, and it's <laughs> meant to destroy relationships. And I mean, but that's true of Overcooked, which is an amazing game. No, Overcooked has, like, rules. Like, if you fuck up in Overcooked, it's because you didn't communicate well, you didn't formulate a plan of action, and you made the wrong thing, and then Cthulhu came and destroyed you. <laughs> but, like, fucking Mario... Okay, whatever. Continue... <laughs> Uh, I that's another series I haven't played in a while, so I missed all the like car. Don't worry, it's of not it. it's not changed. I yeah. promise you now. Well, no, because it is used to be the maps you would move around in, and then they move to like everybody's in one car, uh-huh. and you move along a linear path. There was like nobody was splitting up, nobody was racing each mm-hmm. other in stars, and uh, they like really pushed through with that despite a ton of people being pissed about it uh and eventually for this version on the switch like broke down and went back to the maps uh but there's they are significantly smaller than the stuff i remember from like one through four so how many how many hours did you play how much did the game take uh it was probably like half an hour for four people with 10 turns like again it moves pretty quick how Uh, many times did you guys get fucking gypped um I not often because they. Still... Is the second one where every other square becomes a Bowser square? That's really what I want to know. I uh, no, uh, I don't remember which one did that. But you're in a fugue state trying to forget. It's <laughs> <laughs> trying to forget the fucking torment that is Mario Party. <laughs> but like it was one of those. It's we played because I went over to a friend who had it, and we played two games uh, with four players each time, and like. I really enjoyed the first time because a lot of those mini games are a lot of fun. Yeah, they're super weird and um, it and has that Nintendo magic. I shit on it, but it does. You yeah, know? like there's something really charming about it, but like fuck me, it is yeah. bad. I think. Whatever. But then, like, uh, we get to the second game, and like it's starting to wear off. Kind of, <laughs> where yeah, it's like, been a half hour, yeah. sixty dollars games. Like I'm already kind of bored. Uh, can we do something else? Were you drinking? No. Okay, that might. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that, but like, it, it's just one of those things that like I've seen people saying forever, where it's just like, just fuck the, because all of it, the whole, the majority of the game is just a wrapper for the mini games, which is yes. all anyone wants to fucking do. Yes. And like in which case like drop the entire like board wrapper and like come up with some other way for us to you know decide on teams for these mini games cuz like that's all we want to do. Mm-hmm. And like you can you can with the effort you put into designing these like eight different boards or whatever just create 20 or more mini games for sure. Um I keep saying for sure but I still don't want it. Like there's really <laughs> not like all the things you've mentioned are true. Um, fundamentally, I think you need to be drunk and or high to enjoy the game. Um, it's super random. Mm. It's intentionally random. It's intentionally made to make you fucking hate your friends. My roommate, my housemate, Brian, um, who Kevin also knows quite well and grew up mm. with us, um, he doesn't drink and he doesn't smoke. And he's like, let's get Mario Party. And I'm just like, you fucking summer child. Like, what... <laughs> Like, what value do you think you're going to get out of this game? And it's like, one, we need to have friends. We don't. Two, you know, yeah. like, they need to come over. They're not going to come over. Three, like, unless we're inebriated, I'm not going to have fun. And, like, that's honestly the most important thing to me. Like, I'm not going to spend my time playing this and just get pissed, you know, because I can't shake the fucking Joy-Con, like, fast enough or <laughs> something like that. And then get gypped by Bowser because, like, someone tripped it and, like, they switched all to stars. Oh, it's just so many. It's just such a bad taste to me. But like, again, like half the stuff you're complaining about is the aspects of the board and rolling dice and what how Bowser screws you over. But that's like the fundamental thing about Mario Party. Like when someone says, "Like this is what I love about Mario Party. I love how they fuck you over." It's like, okay, that's <laughs> awesome. But like you're playing it once a year. I'm the one who has to spend sixty dollars, you know, yeah. for this game. So like, please, 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 fuck off. I don't want to play this game. I don't think anyone should play this game. Let's play Mario Kart. Let's play <laughs> Smash Brothers, you know? All these are way, way better, you know? Yeah. And if you have, like, a certain amount of time, Overcooked is way better. Overcooked is such a better game, you yeah. know? And it has, like, the same sort of, like, 
cadence to it where you're progressing through like a map, you know, mm-hmm. and you're and you're unlocking fun things to do. And although it's one mini game, it's a really good mini game, you yeah. know. And it's like the best mini game that Mario Party's never had. Um, <laughs> And it's great. Like, if there was an Overcooked that was, like, fucking Chef Mario's, you know, <laughs> Wonderland or, you know, yeah. Mushroom Sauté, like, great. You know, like, that'd be <laughs> awesome. I'd love to have a game where you have, like, Toadstool, like, Toads, mm-hmm. like, fucking chopping them up. <laughs> <laughs> like, making them into, like, fucking food. It's just like, oh, we need to make some turtle soup. Let's throw these Koopas on. <laughs> you're just, like, fucking... Uh, it's the, the darkest world as Mario tries to appease some sort of, like, Cthulhu God. Get a little stardust. Get like a Luma. <laughs> Just like crush it slowly into this. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, fuck. Fuck Mario Party. Uh, I fucking hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, it... I... I want to like Mario Party more than I do, and playing the, playing the new one for the Switch was... Like, you know, a kind of a confirmation of that. Because my friend told me, hey, I bought Mario Party, you should come over and play it. And I was just like, oh, yeah, like, I enjoy Mario Party. Like, maybe I'll buy Mario Party. <laughs> and that's, yeah, it's just like, oh, well, my but, friend has it. And so I'll bully him into letting me come over and play it uh-huh. if I really need to. Get that itch yeah. from Mario Party. But, like, it didn't make me feel like I needed to buy it on my own. Sure. Which made me glad that so him mentioned you play? Me. You play two games? Yeah. Okay, and the second game was kind of a chore. It it started to feel that way, and uh-huh. part of that is the fact that the maps are so much smaller, because uh, like it almost feels claustrophobic. Because uh, like in the older games, like it would be weird because if you played like a ten uh, ten round game, then like you would only see half the board because mm-hmm. like you're not moving that far yeah. and like sure it, with these smaller boards in 10 rounds i can circle the board four times but like that just makes me feel how small the board is and like that's not better <laughs> there's nothing that can make that series better like everything you're describing is not mario party mm-hmm. you know like it's like it's like that when we were talking, like the French guy at Ubisoft was just like, well, you just don't like the conceit. You're like, you're right. I don't like the conceit. Like, I don't like the fundamental thing you're trying to make me do. It fucking blows. Uh, so we should probably start wrapping up here in a little bit. But any more for any more? Anything you uh, watched? Enjoyed? Uh, Sud has recently started making me watch My Hero Academia. <laughs> That's true! You utter bitch. It took you so long. Alright, so despite the fact that I'm here and I forced to do it to you in gunpoint uh, after you invited me so kindly into your home, uh, you're like, what, 15 episodes in maybe? Yeah. yeah 15, 16 episodes. What, what do you think? Uh, I like it a lot. The character designs are super interesting. Uh, like I said to you in the beginning... Uh, there's parallels to One Punch Man that don't detract from it, but mm-hmm. you know it's you know it's very similar in the just like made up superhero names and all the absurd powers they have, uh, and like it's interesting the the number of heroes that in any other context would definitely be villain designs. Mm-hmm. Like Eraserhead looks like a villain. Yeah. And, like, he's a super cool character, and I'm glad he's a hero, and we get to see more of him, but, like, he looks evil. Um, the, the show is so good. So, you know, I think broadly the only anime I was watching was, like, the super serious anime. And so, mm-hmm. like, Attack on Titan is a great anime. It's really good pedigree. Um, very serious. And beyond that, I was just like, dude, if I have to watch another fucking isekai where it's just like, I'm stuck at a computer, I will shoot myself. Yeah. Like, fuck this. Um, but My Hero Academia is like, I thought the shonen like, genre, and like, the, the it's very traditional, right? Yeah. It's a very traditional show, but it works. Yeah. And like, I was shocked that that formula works as well as it works. Mm-hmm. It's stunning. Yeah. Um, I was so pumped when the tournament arc kicked in. <laughs> I was just like, hell fucking yeah, tournament. <laughs> Uh, I knew it was gonna happen. You know, I I didn't even need to like look at the character descriptions, but yeah. Oh man, well, that's it's so is, good. Yeah, because the last couple episodes we've, I think, it literally yeah. The last episode we watched was the very start when yeah. they start the like foot race. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, 
I'm I'm super into it, and I'm definitely gonna watch it. I will say that like the like looming threat of a tournament arc is always like it kind of makes me cringe in like any shonen anime because they tend to be really lazy and mm-hmm. and like yeah. you've you've raved about it and so like I'm perfectly willing to uh, grin and bear it <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> Let's give it a and accept that like it yeah. will end up being really good yeah but like it does it has like fallen into a couple uh, tropes beyond the tournament where like they have repeated like plot points so much it's so bad <laughs> it's so bad like and it, it, it the fact that you're noticing it now, like, I think I noticed it around the same time mm-hmm. you did as well, but my biggest critique is just, like, you need to have faith in your audience. Like, I know yeah. this is, like, a kid show, I know all this shit, but, like, come on, like, they're literal interstitial tiles and, like, pop-ups explaining who Midoriya is. It's just, like, are you high? He is the <laughs> main character. Like, if you don't know the central conceit of the show, that he did not have a superpower, and he got it from All Might, and it's called All for One, and it's fucking rad. Like, how did you get it this far? Yeah. Like, no one's fucking stopping. Like, maybe in Japan they are. You know, yeah. maybe in Japan that there's a culture of channel surfing and it's just like, what is this cartoon show I've heard so much about? I'm going to stop at the 30th fucking episode and I really need to have these tiles. Or Japan is slowly dying and everyone there is slowly losing their minds due to some sort of viral outbreak that we're not privy to and their minds are melting into mush yeah. and they can't remember anything. Well, yeah, and like, it's, it's one of those... crazy. It yeah. seems like one of those things where it makes me think of the way Nintendo treats the internet like a fad where like uh, you know, it's it's uh you know the people creating this show oh and maybe God. like maybe yeah. it's just not as big in japan but you know like streaming is so big all over the world that like you can go in and assume that people have seen the last 20 episodes of your show in the last four hours and so, like, you don't need to explain it to them over I and over I promise again. you they're not fucking opening their Blackberries and setting up an alert for, you know, your <laughs> Saturday morning cartoon show. Yeah. You know, like, it's not happening that way. You're fucking crazy. Get used to that. Um, I'm glad you're binging it, because I actually think it's the best way to watch it. I think it's the way it would be interminable. It's really good about cliffhangers. Yeah. I think, which is actually kind of awesome about the show. Um, all the characters are great. I think, why do you think this shonen works and others have been boring and derivative tripe? Like, what what about this show do you like that just... Because it is formulaic. Yeah. But you're super into it. And I'm really curious. And I, I totally agree. You know, everything you said, I totally agree. It is super mm-hmm. formulaic. But, like, I think, like, what about this show? Makes it, and I have, I have some ideas, but I want to hear what you mm-hmm. said first. Um, and I haven't super, like, thought about it. But, like, part of it is... Uh, consistency like especially because the last show i watched the last like shonen anime i watched through uh was naruto like the original i haven't seen shippuden this but, like dragon ball cancel shonen yeah you fair. watch super yeah uh but like with uh, naruto like there's a lot of you know overlap between naruto and hero Aka, but like Hero Academia has a point it's trying to, like, show that the, the main character actually, like, emphasizes, which is with hard work, you can be, like, a hero. Mm-hmm. And, like, Naruto tries to do the same thing. But, like, as we've talked about, Naruto is born with a million reasons that he's already oh, incredible. Oh, yes. And then doesn't yeah, yeah, work yeah. hard. Yeah, he he is he is a MacGuffin. He is the MacGuffin. Yeah. He is the deus ex machina for reasons that are very clearly outlined in the show. Insofar in the beginning, he is, like, the nine-tailed fox or whatever, right? And it's way, and that's why everyone hates him. But it's also, like, oh, it makes him super powerful and scary. Yeah. And it's just utter horseshit. I mean, the only person in the show, like, who works hard is Rock Lee, and even he gets magic. Yeah, you know, and so, like... like, fuck off, you know? You can't have 
Like, it, it was a constant distraction watching through Naruto to have, like, the clear message the show is trying to impart being, like, you can accomplish anything if you work hard. And then have a cast of characters who are just born amazing yeah. and never have to work at anything they do. Like, the amount of Uchiha eyes <laughs> you have to fucking memorize in that show. And you're just like, how do you all have this fucking magical eye? And also, if there's so many of you, why the fuck did you all get annihilated? And yeah. it's still incredibly unclear to me. Um... <laughs> I think that's a really good point. It's internally consistent. Yeah. The main character is so likable. Yeah. Like, people make fun of him as Green Naruto, but, like, even in the first three episodes, I was just like, I love this guy. He's so, like, as a kid, he's so cute. That gif where he's just, like, rocking it back and forth, <laughs> and she's, like, looking at all my... It's just, like, definitely something I've done, like, looking at, like, a Jurassic Park trailer, you yeah. know, in, like, 1993. Yeah, it's so good. Um and all the characters are cool. Yeah. Uh, I hate Minata. I really hope he dies. <laughs> He's the guy with the grape thing. He pops off oh, his yeah. head. You know, and it's just like, dude, I really don't like this skeevy shit. Yeah, know? I will say, because, like, again, that's very, like, old. That's fucking Master Roshi. Yeah. Who was a character who was borderline unacceptable in the 80s. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yes. But, like, yeah, outside of that, I can't think of a character that annoys me. Because, like, the... Uh, Bakuga, the rival kid, yeah, is like Bakuga, yeah, yeah, is super stereotype, but I love his design, and he hasn't like annoyed me too bad. The thing I like of Bakugo or Kachan is that he is the Sasuke character, and he's not played up as being really cool. Everyone's just like, "Why are you mad all the time? <laughs> yeah, you fucking suck, dude. Like you have a <laughs> terrible attitude, you know." And he's just like, "Yeah, well, fuck you." And he's just like, "That's what I'm talking about. You suck. Like, stop, you know." Yeah. And then like, <laughs> and then like they also play with the trope like internally, where like the girl um, Raraka with the gravity, which, yeah, she's like a faded battle between two men. <laughs> Like, like, over, like, as Deku and Kachan are like constantly coming to blows, like, yeah. constantly, and it's just like, it's just like such good internal foreshadowing that they know how fucking tropey it is. But then they, again, they have like the excesses of like the worst trips, but the formula apparently works, and I'm yeah. super sold. I am caught up. I'm really excited to see what you think as yeah. you go forward. Um, All Might, is he the best Superman character in the world? <laughs> I would say yes, because like the twist which like i guess is episode one but like i don't know two yeah it's super early yeah but like it makes his character so much better immediately um and just more interesting because you know it's fucking what if superman could only be superman for 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and had to fucking choose when that was oh interesting i thought you the twist you were going to mention was how he became all might no i just mean the the concept of how his power works. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, because, yeah, it's it's much better than, like, Superman is a god who could, and at any point, just punch the world into the sun. Right. Where it's just like, you know, he's, you know, as far as we've seen, like, the most powerful person in the show. All Might? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that's consistent throughout the show. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, but... You know, due to the limitations placed on him before the series began, mm-hmm. like he has to be very picky about when he can do that. Yeah, and like it's a thing he's struggling with, yeah. as far as we've seen. Where yeah. like he fucking his he time like, management fucking sucks. yeah he yeah. wastes his superpower like half an hour of his superpower to chase down a purse snatcher and then like can't stop like doesn't have anything left to stop the world from blowing yeah, up or whatever. Exactly. Uh, and I would say that really fits in with the best Superman comics where Superman is super powerful and really nothing is a threat to him. It's really the fact that he has to make tough choices. You yeah. Know? And that's when Superman's the most relatable. And he's yeah. just like, he's trying to be a paragon of good in an incredibly unjust world. And it's like, that's a really compelling story. Yeah. I would say All Might's better than that because All Might, unlike Superman, is a man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, he is very, very much a real person. He's not... There's that famous um, quote from, like, fucking uh, Unbreakable, you mm-hmm. know, where it's just, like, Superman or whatever it may be, like, he's the one, like, Clark Clant is his disguise. Right? Yeah. Like, but for All Might, that's definitely not the case. He, he is a person, and he was a person before he achieved All for One, you know, yeah. and he became All Might in and of himself. And I think it's so cool. I think it's such a good dichotomy. Um, I love him so much, uh, and he just... 
He's so good. I kind of want to like go on like an old game pack store him and just be like, could Goku beat All Might? <laughs> just like see like, what, what happens. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, just sort of drop that hand grenade in there. Yeah. And speaking of hand grenades, it's as if God threw a hand grenade of snow in <laughs> Minneapolis. I have a flight to catch. Yeah. Um, but this is fun. Definitely. I enjoyed this a lot. I'm excited to get uh, Matt and Sutton here. I mean, Matt and Ben. ben yeah. <laughs> um, Try to bring some more of our friends as, as and when it makes sense. Yeah. Try to curtail Ben. He's a little chatty <laughs> sometimes. Definitely. But beyond that, um, we want to do this like once a week, maybe? Yeah, if we can yeah. try and manage that, maybe bi-weekly. Bi- yeah. That's we- what... Whatever works best for our schedules. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's going to be a lot longer. I think we've done about an hour, just between yeah. us two, and I haven't really <laughs> talked about everything I've done, you know? Yeah. Admittedly, I was on vacation with you, so like <laughs> a lot of the stuff we've done was like roughly the same. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's super fun. Rouge so, 1. Woo! Pilot. In the bag. All right. Bye. See everybody else when we record the next episode. Wishing you mas.